Hello, Pong Stars, and welcome to the Rat Hole. This is your host, Commissioner Zach Eichten, here with my co-host, team owner, Drew Mahold. Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on the Rat Hole. It's it's truly wonderful um, to, to have you here. Just what have you been up to lately? What's your what's your deal right now? I have very well, I shouldn't say that work's been actually really busy, but um, it's that time of year getting ready for football. Um, it's this is kind of entering my favorite few weeks slash months of the year. Better weather football's back like it's it's kind of everything all at once. Plus, golf is still available for the time being. So all that is uh, is great for me. Yeah, fall falls definitely my favorite getting getting pumped for. Uh... You know, the the upcoming season is, is always a good time. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading uh, in preparation for the draft. I recently read a book. Um, it's called Tigana by Guy Gabriel Clay. Um, so we're doing book reviews with Drew here uh, mm-hmm. today. Of course. Um, so Tigana, it's a, it's a great, great book. I would highly recommend it to folks. Um, essentially, the, the plot of this book is that um, th- there is a kingdom called Tigana that they had the misfortune of killing uh, somebody important who is invading uh, their country. And as a result, uh, due to some magic in the land, uh, the name of their country was completely erased from everybody's minds except for their own, uh, the, the citizens of this, of this place. And uh, as, as a result, uh, our protagonists are trying to restore the name of Tigana uh, across the land by um, defeating the the tyrants of, of the province. So yeah, Drew, what are your thoughts on Tagama? I know you have had a lot of them. Of course. Yeah. Uh, as a big reader of books, uh, I read a lot. I spend a lot of time, uh, yeah, a classic bookworm. That's what all my friends call me. That's what my family's called me for a long time. So Tagana, uh, it's one of my favorites, you know, um, <laughs> I can't even do this. I can't, yes, I can't. It, it, it's uh it's wonderful to hear that it's um you know for me a, a ranking out of you know is a 36.1 on a 37.4 um for me what about you drew give it a 6.9 out of 7.0 that's a great rating pretty good it's a nice rating. yeah i was i was very pleased with the read i was entertained it was exhilarating it's great <laughs> yeah there let's just say for those of you who um are obviously intrigued by the, by the story of that Drew and I just uh, talked about here. Um, there is a non-zero chance of a sex scene in this book, and it gets it gets steamy. If you're listening to it on audiobook, especially, um, and you pull up to a stoplight, that was a interesting time uh, to be in in my car by myself listening to uh, that section wow. of the of the tome. This is getting to be a very interesting episode, Zach. Of the rat hole. Yes. It was, I'm going to have to rate this one explicit. Let's just say that. Um, just even talking about this book, uh, there, there were, there were sex scenes in this book. So 36.1 out of 37.4, pick it up. It is an old book. So you should be able to find a copy cheaply. But anyways, this book reviews with Drew. Let's get on over into some, uh, some more news around the league here this past week. Uh, lots of, uh, lots of news around the NFL. I think the biggest one, um, that's, that's hitting our league, right. As we get to the keeper deadline here was of course the injury to Travis Etienne. 
Um, and Drew, just your thoughts on um, what that means for the league. Yeah, I think there was some, some discussions that kind of came up in the group chat about uh, potentially moving that keeper deadline. Um, actually, Josh uh, started the conversations about, you know, what happens if there is a significant injury to a keeper in that two week window. And I don't know, it just got me thinking that um, in a, in a game that is already evolved so much around luck, you know, trying to eliminate as much of that as possible. is probably a good thing for everybody in terms of keeping it as competitively fair as possible. But um, you know, we've, we've talked about it. We will probably bring it up when the next uh, time around to make some proposals is, but uh, I'm uh, yeah. I mean, it, it brought up some thoughts for sure. And, and then it certainly, I know I I probably wasn't the only one who went straight to Josh and asked about the trade value of, uh, of James Robinson. So. Absolutely. And he ended up getting a, a great trade out of it. It looked like uh, a couple of picks in some future years for him. Um, he ended up trading Godwin, of course, uh, not, not Robinson, yeah. but um, you know, prior to that, I know that Josh had been, you know, reaching out to some folks asking about, I know he had been struggling too with like, making sure he had a good second running back or, um, you know, and then all of a sudden he had an embarrassment of riches riches there where he had six guys that were certified keepers and he had the ability to trade one for some picks at the end. So, um, you know, it's one of those injuries where like, yeah, as a, as a fantasy owner of the other guy, you kind of are happy about it without cheering on injuries. It's kind of a really good thing for him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, ETM sounds like he'll bounce back and, you know, he hasn't had his true rookie season now yet. So we'll, we'll see how he does in the NFL, but um, seems like the kind of guy that'll be able to bounce back into that. But it also gives James Robinson one more year here to really prove himself as, you know, a solid lead back. I, I don't know. I think it was, that was one of the more disrespectful picks I thought coming out of the, out of the actual NFL draft. Um, given, I didn't like it at yeah, all. Yeah, just given how well you're, how well your back did in the year before drafting a back in that first round. Right. Yeah. I, it was weird, but urban Myers, we just always been weird. So weird dude, college coach, mm-hmm. man, strange. Um, yes. We, yeah. The, so yeah, we had our, uh, in our league news here, of course, we had our keeper deadline this past week um, or this past Tuesday. We're, we're recording on, on Wednesday right now. So we're one, not even 24 hours removed from that that keeper deadline and um it is it is a solid batch of keepers here i gotta say um some really good really good names out there being kept i'm i'm pretty happy uh you know across the board uh with who folks are keeping i think that it's going to provide a really solid base for competitiveness uh during this upcoming season Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's 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 why i love about this format you have five players and there's so much strategy that goes into which of the players you'll be kept in it also in a way it doesn't even out the playing field, because obviously there's some teams with a bunch of really, really high level keepers, but um, in a way it allows the rosters to be a little bit more balanced out right after the draft where some of those, if you had a team that had eight, nine keepers on it, you kind of balance that out with some of the teams that may have been bottom dwellers here before. Yeah, absolutely. But just as we, as we move on here, of course, we have our draft coming up uh, in just under two weeks now. Um, that is of course the Tuesday after Labor Day, September 7th. Um, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to that. Um, as I mentioned in the, in the group chat, um, anybody who, who wants to is able to, my house will be open for, uh, for a draft gathering, um, 
want the details uh, on where that is now. It is no longer in Minneapolis. So hit me up. Happy to get that to you. Um, and then this is breaking news, actually. Um, we have our Pong Stars weekend um, that's technically supposed to start on September 10th here. Um, but breaking news is that there will actually now be Barring a complication, an activity on September 9th, the Thursday night beforehand. Um, and that Thursday night, of course, is going to be Sam Olson stand-up comedy mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Oh. Uh, barring a complication, Sam is planning on coming up on, on Thursday so that we're able to um, gather in Minneapolis Thursday night and go see him perform live stand-up. Um, and then we don't have to come back to Minneapolis on Friday. Um, is essentially what would be losing a night um, up at the cabin. So uh, with that, hopefully we'll be able to do that. It's going to be at Sisyphus Brewing Company in Minneapolis. They have a great stage there. Um, and I'm really looking forward to finally, finally seeing Samer be able to perform. And some live we will content. 100% be getting video of this and saving it for the archives. Of course. Of course, it's going to be it's going to have to go on that Twitter. Um, In addition to that, of course, we have uh, our second punishment of the league, uh, none other than a calendar from team owner Thomas Strawn that is due by draft day. Um, And we're really looking forward to seeing that um, and all of those glorious pictures from the Thomas Strawn um, prior to draft day as well. That uh, I'm not sure my eyes are ready for that. Depends on the pictures, of course, depends on the setting and the types of photos that we are awarded, I suppose. With I the, am expecting the pictures. risque photos, mm-hmm. to say the least. I'm not expecting maybe some photos, frontal, of, but I am expecting maybe some photos of tight ends. High thighs. High, photos, high thigh of a lot. Some photos of tight ends. There will be, there has to be photos of some tight ends in the, in yeah. the calendar. Yeah, that would only... I mean, that, well, I mean, that's that's the brand. You can't go away from the brand. Well, so. they don't call him Thomas the tight end strong for nothing. Correct. Say that. Looking forward to that one, too. Yeah. All right, Drew, let's head on over to that uh, fun fact of the week, though. All right. This one is coming at you live. Uh, from the Sam Olson here. Um, and we're looking just at his uh, his 2020 through 20, 2015 through his 2020 season. Um, so not, not including this year at all yet, because um, we don't have full data yet for this year. Um, but Sam Olson has taken over, over six fantasy seasons. Sam Olson has taken... 17 Denver players in his fantasy football drafts, (laughs) 17 out of uh, over six years. So in a, in a single draft year, obviously we have 16 rounds. Um, I was including keepers uh, in 2020 uh, as well. 17 over, over that. uh, So that's 16 spots times six years, um, which essentially gets Sam 17.7% of his total draft capital so far in the Pong Stars Fantasy Football League has been for Denver Broncos players. And, you know, that Denver Broncos offense has been just an absolute juggernaut the past few years. So 
Uh, you, you can't blame him for drafting all of those Bronco players um, dating back to the Brock Osweiler times. And uh, I mean, my goodness, that offense has been so lethal. You can't even, you can't pass them up. The Philip Lindsay's of the world. Um, Philip Lindsay's got to be my favorite one. Um, it, although I, I do want to say Anderson, a few, yeah, CJ Anderson in the second round in the 2017 <laughs> draft is a tough one to see. Um, Oh yeah. There's, there's some, there's some rough ones in this, uh, in this pick, not, none is none quite as egregious as Philip Lindsay. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, so Philip Lindsay should have been around zero. I mean, Sam, Sam took him as early as he could get for good. So reason, but I think the lesson learned here though, is it's almost, uh, it's almost worth it to, for us to be thinking of taking Broncos now, because you know, Sam will make the trades to get a Bronco. Right. Like he values Broncos yeah. more than anybody else. And so it's almost worth like us moving up Broncos on our draft boards to where he will make, he will, if he doesn't get them in the draft, he'll make a trade for them out of desperation and stupidity. Well, right. As of right now, no keepers from the Denver Broncos for Sam Olson. Um, right. You know, he's there any in the entire league. Them? There's probably not any in the entire league. There's no Bronco, Broncos. There's no kept. way there is. There's no way. There's no way. Melvin Gordon's not kept, is he? Melvin Gordon is not being kept. Um, None of those receivers. He was, he was, I know Sam was thinking about Sutton, but he didn't pick him. Ended up being different, probably better keepers. Yes. I don't think there is. There is not. This is a lot of Denver out there. It's starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, of course. Um, Very excited. That's number one on my draft board. So I figured got a backup Patty M over there. But yeah, congrats, Sam, on your nearly 18% uh, draft capital spent on your Denver Broncos. It's, uh, you know, it's it's no wonder Sam's had so much success in fantasy football. In yes, his, especially in the postseason. His postseason yes. rounds have been... All those Denver Broncos really come to play when it's week 15, week 16. <laughs> they're the usually in the season. hunt for something. So it's, you know, they, they're playing their starters and really getting after it and yep. getting, making a, a splash in the league. But yeah. Congrats, Sammer. We'll uh, we'll see see where that draft strategy takes you this upcoming year. Uh, speaking of the draft, though, let's talk about our uh, our rankings here on the keepers for each of our teams um, coming into this uh, this upcoming season. Uh, I think Drew and I can probably both agree that there's a, a clear number one here, but uh, the rest of this league um, really is uh, sort of up for grabs at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to start it uh, just because I think we both have the same number one. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, which uh, I have the lock plops does, a.k.a. team owner John Stevens. Yep. Absolutely loaded uh, for his five keepers, and he was able to finagle a trade two out of um, uh, down the stretch there and a couple of guys that he really couldn't keep but knew they were worth draft picks. So um overall i really like his roster obviously leading the way um with nick chubb there and then i mean he's got aaron jones and then Devontae adams that packer duo plus darren waller easily one of the top two or three tight ends and then gibson as well so that's pretty pretty solid uh starting five i suppose for for john yeah absolutely um so the way i'm i ranking these in my um, analysis here is 
Um, there's a draft tool that I um, have used in the past that ranks players based off value, which is looking at expert consensus ranking, their ADP, positional scarcity, stuff like that. Um, John is the only team that started with a value above 30 um, coming into this keeper uh, season, which is which is really good. A, a 30 is, is a really hard thing to get. Um, so it's a props to him for being able to capitalize on, on those players um, yeah. coming in at 30.1 there. Yeah. And I feel great about trading him both Jones and Adams a couple years ago. Yes. Very, very smart of you to yes. get that trade. Great, you great get work that? by me. Adam Thielen, uh, Cooper wow. Cup, and mm. Marlon Mack. I think was the deal, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, that sounds about that sounds about right. It certainly has not panned out um from in my favor. I'll say no. that. No one hasn't, but you gotta get the team anyway. So who who cares? That's in the past, right? Well, I made the change. Imagine trading away Derrick so. Henry. Uh who who would do that either? Me. I mean, <laughs> I also did that, but then I got him back. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. So Let's start. Let's start with number ten then. Or after, so we got we got our number one. Obviously, okay. fair enough. Let's start with number yep. ten. Yeah. Um, who do you got? Uh, I mean, I think this is a no brainer as well. I think there's a clear number one and a clear number ten. That's yep. uh, Thomas, uh, in my opinion. So uh, Thomas's team has kind of taken a nosedive, and the whole Deshaun Watson situation obviously is not helping him out. No, nope. uh, but. Uh, he does have probably the strongest tight ends in the league. So he's got that going for him. But then other, other than that, he's got Ronald Jones, who I mean, in Tampa, who knows what running backs and get the touches between that uh, Jones and Fournette. Keen Allen, certainly a great option at receiver. And then actually trading for Allen Robinson in terms of purely the keepers is a good move. Um, I'm just questioning the quarterback position there for Chicago a little bit. Um, whether it's going to be Fields, whether it's going to be Andy Dalton, uh, I'm still not confident in that guy. While Robinson's a good player, who knows if the ball will be on target all the time. So, I mean, clearly the weakest at the running back position, I think, in the league right now. Um, but a lot of question marks there for Thomas' team. I think out of all running backs being kept, um, Joan, Ronald Jones here is uh, the weakest um, yeah. on the board this year. So kind of kind of a bummer uh, that that's, that's the star player. But, you know, when your other top guys, Le'Veon isn't on a team, James mm-hmm. Conner, is now backing up Chase Edmonds. Yeah, no, I, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's I'll kind of, the, it was always a, a lot of the perfect storm of guys either deteriorating or, you know, being uh, accused of sexually assaulting like 25 women. I mean, it, it, it all kind of came together there for Thomas. Yeah, definitely a tough situation. Um, all right. Who do you got uh, in your number nine spot? In the number nine spot, I so this is might be a little controversial because of some of the praise we've given this person for building a team, but I have Tony here. Really? And the reason being, so obviously I think that receiver tandem is terrific. And it's just important to make sure we keep in mind that we're, we're making these based on keepers for this year, um, mm-hmm. not into the future, where I think that Jefferson Diggs duo into the future is, is uh, perhaps the best duo in the league. But I, there's a lot of concern for me on, well, he doesn't have a quarterback and the three running backs, obviously sweat. They all have talent. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was used. Not so great with Kansas city last year. Didn't get a ton of opportunities. Um, 
Dobbins and Gus Edwards are still kind of in the timeshare there with the Ravens plus Lamar Jackson carrying the ball. Yep. DeAndre Swift, kind of the same thing where you don't really know what the Lions offensive situation is going to be. So still some question marks there. I think there's obviously a ton of potential uh, being that they're all young guys that could have a breakout season, but I still, there's still, I kind of need to see it before I rank them a little bit higher, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I understand where you're coming from there. I have Tony ranked a little bit higher. Tony is in my, uh, he's actually number five for me uh, coming into this season, um, which I think is, you know, it's, it's a lot of value placed, I think on this year being like just how, how young of a team Tony, yeah. Tony now, has. I think that I mean, the thing be, is we need to factor in, like this is not factoring in that he has three first round picks and the number one overall pick. So like, yeah. You add that in and suddenly his team is a lot stronger. So exactly. I I think any one of I think all three of these running backs are really solid. I think Diggs and Jefferson are both really solid. I will mm-hmm. say that the my one concern is that the youth factor, any one of these guys, like their breakout year could have been a one-off. You know, we we just don't oh, yeah. know there hasn't been enough data points yet to, to determine a trend. Um, yeah. and, well, and I also think it's yeah. Jefferson's probably due to regress. Yeah. I don't think the like he got a ton of targets last year, uh, a lot more than he probably will this year, just based on regression. I mean, you don't see a guy come into the league and get that many targets that quickly. So, exactly, um, it's just. I mean, again, his he's he, he did a great job building his team, and it's just that now it's kind of like all right, time to put up the production. Um, now it's time to show that you've done the made the right moves here. So. Uh, it's a low ranking number nine for me, but um, I feel it's justified, I guess, to this point. Absolutely. All right. Who do you got number eight here? Number eight, uh, our guy uh, that we've already kind of hammered a little bit in this show, but it is Sam Olson and the Googled team names. Um, don't love Josh Jacobs no. in uh, with Las Vegas there. Um, keeping T Higgins at receiver, even though he had the option to keep um amari cooper also questionable um uh, kyler murray's obviously going to have his explosive days as will kelvin ridley and then i'm again i've made it clear that i'm a little bit out on camara this year with the saints um just given that the quarterback won't be drew Brees checking it down to him nine times a game yep. so um, i think his his value is dropped considerably this year so um i mean there's potential there again but it's just i'm not in love with that core right now yeah, I I have um, I, I will say that I'm I'm basing this off of purely just the math of what this outside sources yeah, yeah. really given me here. Um, I have Sam at fourth um, on my list. I think there's a lot of value still placed on Camara. That's really bringing that score yeah. up, and that's I'm admittedly much more jaded on Camara compared to like the general consensus. So. Also, I think Josh Jacobs has um, a higher value in this sheet than I would gert, I would give him. Um, so that is that's definitely skewing it upwards a little bit um, from where I may think Sam's true ranking is. Um, but you know, I will say that Calvin Ridley, um, as far as the source I'm looking at, is the fourth rank, rank receiver coming into this year. Um, really? as far as potential, so that that's definitely a, a huge boon for for Sam and. Um, you know, T Higgins is questionable, I think as a keeper overall, um, not sure if he's quite proved himself to be that level, but I will say 
you know, Sam's instincts on rookie receivers has not been terrible in, in the league. Right. Um, I think back to last year where we all laughed at him for reaching on Justin Jefferson and look where he, I mean, yeah, he, he traded him away for Cortland Sutton and then through another trade ended up on Tony's team, but like Jefferson was a pretty good, uh, yeah. pretty good pick. So maybe Sam knows something we don't about Higgins there. I suppose. I suppose. I mean, yeah, again, this is more of a Camara thing for me to be honest. Well, but both of his running backs, I think J- Jacobs having no involvement in the passing game either kind of, it derails a little bit of the value there too. So it's, uh, me kind of having a weak receiver too, and then me kind of being out on both running backs, so to speak, is is sort of what it has them low for my rankings. Also, we haven't really talked about this yet because um, this is our first team that we're we're talking about. This keeping a quarterback um, is a mm-hmm. strategy. At, going into last year, three teams didn't keep quarterbacks. This year, I think it's four. Um, I, I am not convinced that keeping a quarterback is a good strategy yet, even though I kept one. Well, it's, yeah, if you're keeping a quarterback, he better be an elite guy that puts up, you know, reliably puts up 20, 25 a week and you don't have to worry about it, you know? Yeah. Um, because I mean, ultimately quarterbacks are your highest scoring, uh, you know, position every week. So if you can get a guy that's reliable there, I think it's valuable, but it's just, you know, if, if, if after those, you know, first three or four guys, it kind of gets, you know, a little bit muddy where it's all kind of jumbled together and guys aren't that separated from each other. So, yeah, uh, the, I, I do have, uh, so Sam's ranked fourth, but he's also, there is, um, four teams within a point and a half of each other in that, in that close ranking. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. he, he barely was edging out, I think, uh, mostly due to Camara being on that team. Um, but yeah, who do you got in number seven here? The spring chickens, um, which would be Brennan Swan's team now. Good old Swan. Things, I think he kind of stumbled upon himself with the whole double quarterback deal with Rodgers and yep. Dak and whatnot there. Uh, ultimately kept Dak. Uh, interesting move. I do think the Cowboys will bounce back quite a bit this year. I'm not big on Chris Carson. Um, you know, Godwin, I'd, I'd, prefer, I'd prefer Godwin over Evans if I'm taking the Tampa Bay receiver, so I like that. Um, but um, overall, I, I, I that a weaker RB two. Now, Grant, I don't even have an RB two on my team right now. So, um, but I think I think uh, you know it's he's I, I think essentially he's putting a ton of pressure on Dalvin Cook to put up 25, 30 a week for him to be com- competing with some of these other teams. Yeah, my my thoughts here is that um, I'm at, I actually really like Chris Carson. My problem with Chris Carson is his ability to stay healthy. He's never finished a season. Yeah, he's never finished a full season. And um, when I'm looking at a keeper level talent, I mean, I kept Carson last year. Um, go and I I do really like the guy, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of injury potential on this team there is um and i i'm worried that dak dalvin has been injured before carson godwin has had lingering issues um that that is just my biggest hesitation with brennan's team um but overall i actually i like the composition um i think that trade for godwin was really smart um Mm -hmm. i think godwin's a much better receiver than um anybody else that was on brennan's team uh that was looking at being kept 
Yeah, that's probably a good point. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually have Brennan ranked sixth. So this is our closest match so far. There we go. People are, uh, except for Thomas and, and John, I should say. <laughs> Clear number one, Price. number 10. Um, who do you got number six? So here I have Lucas. Um, and I was talking, we were talking with Zach as we, before we started the show that the fact that we are only grading this on the keepers is kind of going to favor Lucas a little bit here because, you know, while other circumstances are maybe a little weaker on his team with the draft capital. And maybe last year, some of his depth got a little weak with all the injuries, but um, I mean, he's got Russell Wilson who last year showed capabilities of being a top five, Absolutely. you know, fantasy quarterback, Saquon Barkley, who certainly could be an RB one. And he was a few years ago um, as a rookie, Adam Thielen touchdown machine, George Kittle tight end two or three in the league. And then Daryl Henderson, if he does now, the Sony Michelle trade hurts a little bit there. I still think Henderson have a big piece of that offense. And, you know, if you're the running back playing for the Rams, you're going to have a ton of opportunity as we saw Cam Akers down the stretch of last year. So I do like his team a lot. Um, at least those five keepers. I think there's a lot of points to be scored there for, for Lucas. Yeah. I think that, you know, Lucas's team, the way it looks on paper right now is so much better than I thought it was going yeah. to be. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super happy for that. I, I don't know. Um, I have Lucas ranked ninth. Um, I think that the real, the Henderson value is not. That's the biggest high. wild card. Um, it's just the biggest wild card out of all of this. Yeah. I mean, cause for all we know, Sony can come in and just take the entire thing, you know, or Henderson could come in and he could be the workhorse and be put up girly numbers. I mean, it'd be, that's the biggest wild card to me. So, and then if Saquon can stay healthy, I mean, that's, well, that's yeah. the thing is Lucas has not had really had a season of Saquon yet um, since he drafted him in, in 2019 with that first pick. Um, and if, if Saquon plays, this team is going to look really, really good, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And then my, my other concern really is Adam Thielen. Um, I'm not sure how, how many games he is going to play. Um, and sure, it could be COVID exposure. Yeah, COVID exposures. And then there's also the, the regression of how many touchdowns he scored last year. Um, that really Which, kept him a fair in fantasy value. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super convinced on Lucas's team, but it is looking, I thought Lucas was going to be um, by far the last ranked team. And he, he beat out Thomas by, by a couple of points um, in this ranking system. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Who do you got? Number five. I have Josh number five. Um, one of the most explosive quarterbacks. Uh, suddenly James Robinson's RB2 value kind of really shot up with the whole ETN injury. Obviously, mm -hmm. Zeke is one of those first-round picks in a redraft league. Um, A.J. Brown, I mean, I'm, I'm unsure about him because with, with Julio's presence, I'm not sure if that helps or hurts him. It could be both where he's not getting as many targets, but he might be able to do more with targets he gets. Yep. Um, and then McLaurin is a wild card where it kind of is based on quarterback play. I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown in the past that he can be good for fantasy receiver play in terms of going back to when he was with Tampa Bay and you had Mike Evans and going, going bonkers, um, you know, those weeks where James couldn't play. So Ryan Fitzpatrick can put up numbers. Um, sometimes it's those numbers are interceptions, but 
uh, he can be an asset to a fantasy receiver. So I do like, you know, Josh's team. I think, you know, that he's kind of got a lot of like almost elite players, you know, like I would basically put all these guys in the tier below being elite, like Lamar, I would put him not quite up there with the Rogers, Mahomes, and Allen as a fantasy quarterback. Zeke, I wouldn't quite put him up there with, you know, Dalvin, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Um, same with AJ Brown and McLaurin at receiver, but uh, they're all really close. Yeah, I, I have Josh ranked eighth uh, coming into this, but I will say that this specific site yet has not taken into account the ETN injury. Mm-hmm. So I had to make an I had to make a call on how much value to give Robinson. I ended up just adding the value of Robinson plus ETN to come up with a conjunction there. It's not a could be higher, could be lower. I'm not, I'm not sure um, where that ranking is, is quite going to fall yet. Um, But yeah, I totally agree. I, I had a long hard thought about the interaction between Julio and AJ Brown for my own team um, and ultimately decided that it was probably going to help both of them that the other one is as good as they are. Um, and I, I'm hoping that it, it benefits, you know, Josh and I, uh, me a little bit more, obviously, but I, I think, I think that your, your assessment of being just below elite on every player is, is spot on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any one of these players could be elite and could be an elite fantasy player. Um, but something that's really anchors a lot of the value in these teams um, is a solid RB one. And I'm not sure if Zeke is quite at the level where I trust him to be a solid RB one this upcoming yeah. season. We'll see. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of faith in the Cowboys offense being kind of bouncing back this year, assuming health, of course. Right. But um, I mean, he's all, I mean, I don't think Zeke is that good of a player at running back. I think he has a lot of really good PR from, Ohio state days and all that. Mm-hmm. But when you're getting that much touch or uh, that many, that much usage for an offense that has that many weapons, you're going to by default put up fantasy points. So exactly. All right. Uh, who do you got? Number four. Number four, I have the gluten freaks and Mr. Zach Eichten, uh, the defending champions. Um, now I, part of this is I sold high on Montgomery. So like, I kind of think he's going to, dip a little after the strong finish that he had last season, uh, which I appreciate very much. Um, Eckler is a, another running back. He's kind of almost elite, not quite elite. Um, but he, you do have, you know, obviously an elite receiver, Deandre Hopkins, Julio Jones is a bit of wild card as we just talked about with Tennessee's dynamic there. And then Josh Allen is certainly an elite fantasy quarterback. So a couple of elite players and a couple other guys that are kind of borderline elite players that, kind of power your team. So certainly, you know, you can put together a nice, it's a good starting point to kind of build on to, to try and repeat. So, yeah, that I, I myself ranked seventh actually um, just based off the numbers here. And that is directly tied to, in my opinion, the caliber of running backs that are my starting two guys here. Um, it, as I said before, the thing that is anchoring these values and, and what is propelling some teams to be above the others is a solid set, like especially a single RB1 that is a plug-and-play top-tier guy. Mm-hmm. And I think Eckler or Montgomery have the potential to do that, 
but I don't think either of them currently hold that position. Um, right. So just I think Eckler's close up. though. I do Eckler's think Eckler's close. close. I think Eckler's yeah. close. I need him to stay healthy and then we'll see how that goes. But yeah, um, that's really bringing it down. Also, I will say quarterbacks in this scale are pretty devalued. Um, so having an elite quarterback isn't going to give you nearly as much numerical value yeah. in the system as like an elite couple of backs, um, will get you. So mm-hmm. even though I, even though I trust Josh Allen and I, I don't, I don't love that I'm keeping a quarterback just quite frankly. Um, it, it did not, it worked for me last year, not keeping one, but, uh, Josh Allen being the, the number two quarterback for fantasy is impossible to drop. You can't, you can't do that. No, that would be wild. I mean, I would probably come in and soup him up, even though I have Mahomes, you know, because I think if you're able to, I mean, that's 25 points a week uh, at the very yeah. least, it seems like, because even if he has a bad passing day, he's going to run for 80 yards and potentially a touchdown. And and uh, suddenly that's 27 points that you even on a bad day for him. So that's the, that's the nice thing about Josh Allen. Even when prior to this whole last year where he exploded as a passer, he was a good fantasy option before that because he was running so much. Exactly. Um, so I, I really like my team still. I think I would place just based off looking at it. I would probably put myself, you know, fourth or fifth, but the numbers are telling me seven. So that's where the ranking falls for me. All right. We got uh, two and three left. Uh, who's your number three? Myself, uh, number three, um, where I, we kind of had a discussion about elite players. Um, I feel like I have three on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes, Derek Henry, Tyreek Hill. Um, and other than that, I think so at receiver Evans and Cooper are very much both, I think boomer boss players. Yep. And I think in a way that can be a good thing because I think Terry Hill was so consistent last year that I think I can get away with that. Um, or Terry Hill every single week last year was 15, 20 points. Like usually he had what 80 something yards total and a touchdown or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, couple of explosive games in there where he had maybe two or three, but um, overall he was right in that meets that sweet spot of 15 to 20 every week. So because of that, I feel I can get away with the inconsistency that Cooper and Evans will inevitably have this year where they'll have three, four points in a couple weeks and they'll have that 30 point game. So that's, uh, it's kind of ballsy to kind of go out there with only three, uh, only one running back, which obviously yeah. that's going to be the, that's the big weakness for me is only having one running back, um, and a big concern, but I have to hit that pretty heavy in the drafts and hopefully I find one that hits. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced about that strategy. I have you at number three as well. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you got to keep him best quarterback mm-hmm. fantasy in the league. Um, Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes, but it doesn't matter. He runs it down everybody's throat, so he's getting the volume that he needs to do that. Um, I think that getting Julio on that team can only help Derrick Henry because they'll have to respect the pass a little bit more. I mean, Julio as your number two receiver versus Corey Davis is a mm-hmm. significant change in strategy for, for a defense and having to, to make sure you cover. And that can only help the run there. Um, and then I, I would say, I'm still not convinced that Tyreek Hill is not going to be the boomer bust player that I thought he was going into the 2020 season. Um, I think that See, that's what I, when I traded for him, I was thinking boomer bust, you know, yeah. um, but he suddenly, he was turning out 18, 17, 19, like every week it seemed like, um, but I mean, who knows? Otherwise, if I have three boomer bus guys on my team, there is the potential for just a complete dud week. But then also <laughs> there's that potential where I can put up 200 something in a week if all the cards fall into place. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, and finally, number two uh, for both of us here, Noel Tykin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does put into perspective that he's still number two just, and then like finishing ninth last year, it kind of puts into perspective, like how much injuries really derailed his yeah. season last year. Uh, but he's got the, you know, 100% running back one McCaffrey. He's got another running back that could vault into the top five and Jonathan Taylor. I actually really like him. Mm-hmm. I think the Colts will go to him a lot this year. DK Metcalf emerged as a complete stud. Uh, I don't love Joe Mixon because that offensive line is, is like the, it's the Johnny's could probably be better, but um, <laughs> you know, and then I, it was kind of interesting that, you know, he actually picked up I off waivers like two days before the deadline. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. I think there's, there is, I think he's got that robust tag on him as well. Now, I did see that Noel omitted keeping Odell Beckham Jr. for Ayuk. And so that's another, that's a decision that I think OBJ would have been the safer play. Yeah. But, you know, he's certainly going for a little bit of a, he's, he's kind of, he's getting spicy with this one. And I don't necessarily hate it. It's just, a, it's a different move. And I think it's one that most players would not have made that decision. I, I certainly would not have made that decision. I, I saw Lucas dropped Ayuk after Ayuk was marked as a keeper, which I was very much question mark on that, on why you wouldn't just hold on to him and because he was getting dropped the next day anyways. Why not drop somebody else when you when you make that trade for Russ? But whatever, that was, that was a decision made by the team manager, and I am just quite frankly shocked that Ayuk is, is being kept on this team. I I cannot fathom it um, at this point. It not not that I isn't a good player, but given the options of potential other keepers that were, for instance, available via trade, like I know, um, end up being uh, you know Godwin was was suddenly available. Allen Robinson was available. Like one of the Cooper Cup or Julio on my team was available um, for trade. Like. Yeah, Noel didn't have a ton of trade like pick value for this year. He only has a few a few picks for this upcoming draft, but um, I'm still shocked that I made the list. Even even over players on his on his own team, like I or like uh, Odell Beckham. And um, in addition, to that this this is giving, in my opinion, such a high value to Joe Mixon. I cannot agree with that, but it numbers are in there so i think that 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 vaults it up a little bit but the rest of this team mccaffrey it seems like mixed in the last three years now he's been he's been super highly touted as this gonna be a great borderline rb1 player this year and every year it's a disappointment for him where he has like one or two big boom games and then other than that it's he's scraping for double figures so in my um, other league last year it, it you know i was pick number 10 and who's sitting there Staring in the face, you did not. Joe Mixon. I mean, you got to get. You have to take him. The offensive line's got to be better before you can do that. Yeah, and that. Yeah, so I'm. I'm not big on Mixon. I think I. I would rank him a lot lower than what the expert consensus ranking is. But, um, you know, overall, I think that Noel's team is really great. It's we're ranking keepers here. We're not ranking draft. But I think he's. You know. The, given the lack of draft capital that Noel has for this upcoming season, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one for him. Um, but mm-hmm. keeper wise, absolutely. Number, number two overall for me. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's all we got for this week, folks. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, 
stay stay aware for an upcoming uh uh sorry did you hear that no i didn't okay very loud large fucking hell very large rattle Mm. anyways all right folks that's all we have for this week um thanks thanks for tuning in stay tuned we'll have our uh no i don't want to do that now you're rattled i am i'm fully rattled all right folks thanks for tuning in we are going to be taking next week off um so stay tuned we'll have an episode out um after the draft hopefully before the start of the first game um we'll have a rankings um a right before week one ranking that goes out immediately post draft uh make sure to fill that out um when we get there Hope to see all of you at uh, my house for draft day. We'll see everybody in Minneapolis at Sisyphus Brewing for Sam's uh, yes. stand-up comedy routine. Um, and then we'll see everybody uh, that weekend uh, that's able to make it that isn't going to a wedding in Wisconsin. Um, so all the cool kids. We'll see you there. or We'll see you on another time. Bye. Yeah.